Okay. I want to do something a little different tonight. Um, this is uh, from a sefer called Dash Shlomo, which is uh, a series of uh, shmuzin that were given by Rav Shlomo Volba. This is a shmuz that was given in the year 1954. I don't remember if that was a good year or not, but uh, but uh, that's that's when uh, that's when he gave it. So um, it, he describes something that is, I think, an often overlooked theme of the Megillah. Uh, a lot of things having to do with uh, with Purim, just like the the just like the Nase itself, just like the miracle itself, was very much behind the scenes, not so noticeable. Many of the lessons of Purim are similar. And um, he takes a point over here that is very, very important for, uh, for us to realize and for us to have in mind uh, during Purim. Okay, so he says as follows. He starts, B'Megillus Esther, M'tarim shnei olamos v'hisnak shusa. Megillus Esther describes two Worlds and the clash between them. Olama shel Haman harasha mizeh. On the one side, you have the world of Haman. Ve'olam ha'yehudim me'idach, and the world of the Jews on the other side. Olama shel Haman hu, and this is what he's going to describe. The world of Haman is olam hadimyon. It's a world of fantasy a world that's maybe uh, imaginary, a world that's, that's really not real. So he describes, Haman magia l'shrara b'malchus parasumadai. Okay, so Haman, as, as the story of the, of the Megillah unfolds, so after Ahasuerus leans on Haman for some advice as to what to do with his wife, he then elevates Haman. Haman is the number two man, or aside from the king, the number one person in Malchus Parasamadai, in, in the kingdom of Persia. The most powerful position of the most powerful empire in the world. So what is the first thing that Haman's worried about? If you become the, basically, the, 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 the chief of staff of the world, What's your first concern? So the first thing you do, obviously, is that you turn yourself into a god and you make sure that everybody bows down to you. Right? That's what Haman thought was the most important thing to do. The Chokshani, number two, is everybody's got to bow all the way flat down to him. If you become in charge of a kingdom, isn't there anything you think maybe there'd be a little more important to worry about? Taxes. Taxes? Yeah, collecting them at least, right? right? This is imaginary. So then the story continues. He becomes this king, this turns him the second in command. He turns himself into a god. Everybody's bowing down to him. There's one guy who won't bow down to him. So what should a wise person do? Wise person, you know what they should do? 
So there's one, there's one guy who's, who's going to you know, be a thorn in his side and not want to give him honor. Ignore him. And if you really get annoyed by the fact that somebody's not doing what you said, not bowing down to you, so yasalo dinu mishvat, so press charges. Right? There's a law. There's a law in the books. What do you do when somebody breaks a law? Press charges. Bring him to court. What's going to happen? He's going to get put to death. So he's, Mordechai is chayv misa. He, is, he, he deserves the death penalty for not listening to this decree. Aval, however, Haman, vayivez be'inav l'shloach yad b'mordechai levado. It's not good enough to just get Mordechai. V'zomim l'hashbed l'haragul abed amshalem. No, he's got to go and destroy an entire nation. Nekimu m'forezes kazu e'nene begeder seichel klalu klal. Such collective punishment, I don't know if you want to use that word over here, but such uh, a, um, a, 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 a disproportionate type of Revenge is not within the, the realm of... There, there's nothing intellectually honest or true about that. So again, his world of fantasy in which there's this terrible thing going on in the world, that is that there's one man who won't bow down to him. And that turns, explodes into this tremendous thing that he's got to go and destroy, not just that guy, an entire nation of people. Then, v'acharkach, kasher hipulpur. Then, Haman goes and he makes his lots. Ukvar yatsu haratzim dechufim v'hadas nitna. So, it, the, the, the riders go out telling everybody in the entire kingdom, it's, it's the, 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 it's paskind already. Nacharatz goral kol ha-yehudim. So, the, the Yehudim are slated, slated to be totally and completely wiped out. The Jews are done for. It's, it's over. You think that that would be enough? Nope, not, not yet. So after he's gone, and he's got this entire nation slated for destruction, he still sees that Mordechai is not bound down to him. So he has, imagine, he has to wait nine months until he could finally have this entire nation destroyed. Right? Everything is in place. They're going to be destroyed. It's over. He doesn't have to worry about this guy anymore. But no, he sees that he's not bowing down, and it's not good enough. He can't deal with this. The fact that he made this gezerah on all the Jews, that he has this decree to destroy all the Jews, it doesn't calm him down at all. He has to get all of his loved ones together to figure out what do I do about this? There's a guy who's not bowing down to me. <laughs> and they say, oh, you got to make this big gallows. That, You're killing a dead man. It's like there's a guy on death row. That's what Mordechai was. Mordechai was on death row. It was, he had nine months, nine months to live. But he has to go and waste all this time and all this energy and all this effort to figure out how to not kill him in nine months, but to kill him right away. <coughs> That, that's what's bothering Haman. That's what, that, that's what is absorbing his life. So he's got this fantasy world of the fact that he's being put down, that he's being slighted to the point where he cannot live his life normally, he cannot function in his job properly because he feels like there's this guy who's totally bringing him down. When, if you take a step back and think about it, Here's a guy, he is the most powerful man in the world who's not the king. 
That's what Haman is. And with the type of king that Achashverosh was, he really was the most powerful man in the world. And this is what's bugging him. So what does he do? Not just does he have to make a gallows. It's got to be 50 cubits high. Why so high? It's got to be higher than every other house in Shushan. He wants the whole world to know that this guy who didn't bow down to him is hung. If you have a person who's acting petty and petulant like this, you think that gives him more honor or less honor? What's everybody saying behind Hamas back? This guy's a loser. What's the matter with him? He can't get over it. He's got everything in the world. But this little you know, Jew who's going to die anyway, that's what's bothering him? This is like fantasy within fantasy. That if he's hanging that high, that's going to be the biggest honor for Hama. Then, the next thing we know, we have Haman running in the middle of the night to go to the king. To get Rishus, he has to get permission to go and hang Mordechai. How should I honor someone who needs, who needs honor? How do, what, what should I do? So, if you are the number two man to the king, if you're his chief advisor, you think the king never asked Haman for advice before? Of course he asked him for advice. What do I do with this guy? What do I do with that guy? This guy's coming for dinner. How do I treat him nicely? What do, how am I supposed to... That, that's what an advisor is supposed to do, advise. So it should be like regular and normal that the king is asking him, what should I do? Who? And in Haman's mind, it automatically jumps. Who's going to want to honor more than me? What is he talking about? There's no one more honored than him already. He's got, he's got the position. He's there. He's, you know, sometimes we say, like, act like you've been there already. But, like, he is there. Like, act, come on, what's going on? Right? Again, it's like his imagination is running wild, that he still needs more honor. It's not enough. The king's going to go and honor him. And what's his advice? He thinks it's about him. So what's he missing in life? Like, what, what, what doesn't he have yet? Mm. So, the most hollow things in the world. To be led through the city on a horse. With an officer calling in front of him. This should be done to a man who the king wishes to honor. If person who's really honorable... To, to do something like that is that's like a perm spiel. What are you doing with it? Like it's not honor. That's a that's a bizayon. That's a that's that's degradation. Ubishvilo zehu shai hakavod. But for him, in his mind, this is the ultimate in honor. His gash his gashmus chalumosav. It's like the his his dreams becoming like concrete, real. Predimiono. This is the fruit of his fantasy. And then he says. He has to tell everybody, guess what? I'm supposed to go to the king tomorrow. That's your job. Like, what's the matter with you? Like, like, the prime minister goes to be the prime minister every day. That's what you do. You're supposed to be in touch with the king. 
He shouldn't see that that, he shouldn't think of that as being super honor. It's just, go do your job. Right? Psychologically, this guy is totally stuck in the fact that he used to be a barber once upon a time. Right? This is, this is what life is all about. To, to grab these like fleeting covets, you know, kibutim, and to taste like you know, rubbing, rubbing, you know, uh, rubbing shoulders with, with all the all the bigwigs. This is a world that's full of empty fantasies. That's the world of Haman. Yehudim, flip side, the Jewish people. They had this gezerah, they had this decree from Shemayim, they had participated in the Suda of Achashverosh. What, what happened over there is that they were invited by the king to come to a Suda. And they thought that that was going to be, oh, we made it, now we're in. And they fell into this trap of believing that that was something important and special and this meant something and now the Jewish people were finally going to be somebody. We're going to go to Achashverosh's Seuda. They fell into that. Nehenu mehamagem olam hadimyon. And they enjoyed it. Now, that's what Chazal, if you, see, if you think about what they say, they don't say that they didn't listen to Mordechai, and it doesn't say that they eat not kosher food. It doesn't say any of that stuff. All it says is that they liked it. Right? Zuhi kvar So the gezera, the decree against the Jewish people, is because they fell into this fantasy world. Shukulu richuk miadimyon. That's just... Achein lamdu. But they learned. The Gemara describes that when that ring, that signet ring was removed from Achashverosh and handed over to Haman, that accomplished more to the Jewish people as far as being, make, making them realize, you know, get their heads straight, more than every Navi that ever said Nevoah to them before. It did what the 48 Nevi'im and Nevi'os were not able to do. They realized who they really were. That Klai Yisrael has nothing, they have no part in this fantasy world. And they found themselves, they found the truth in their lives, to the point where that they had simcha, sason, yikar, they had all of these forms of happiness. What is it when, when, when it says that they had aura, light, simcha, sason, yikar, different types of happiness? What is it referring to? It's referring to, they had, aura is referring to Torah. All of these different words correspond to a different mitzvah. So they, they, they were makabalat, they accepted the Torah again. Just like the first, you know, this time it was even a greater acceptance of the Torah now than it was Shavuos time, way back on Har Sinai. They, they had tefillin, they had bris milah, they had all these mitzvahs. So if what's, what it's saying is, is that they went back to doing the mitzvahs. So why doesn't it just say, Laihudim haisa Torah, and milah, and yamtiv, and Shabbos, and tefillin. Like, just say what it was. Just say that they had the mitzvahs. The point is... Not that they had the mitzvahs, not that they had the physical actions of the mitzvahs. It's that they realized what their lives were really and truly all about. They realized what the focus of their lives really and truly should be. And what the focus of your life is, that's what you have, that's what you have pleasure from. 
So it wasn't just that they had Torah. It's that they had Ora. They had light from Torah. It's not that they just had Yom Tif, but they had Simcha. They had Sason. They had Yukar. They had, not, they had feeling about it that this was real. This is what was going to give them satisfaction and happiness. That's what life was going to be all about for them. These are these two worlds standing up against each other. You have the fake world of Haman versus the, the world of truth that Klal Yisrael found themselves in. And the Simcha of Purim for us is that we found our world to the point where we were no longer those same people that had the benefit from the Milavach Hashverosh, that wasn't us anymore. We were people who were locked into the reality of this world. We saw the, true, the, the, the tremendous light of truth. To the point where they were re the Torah. Zuhi Segulas Purim. This is what Purim is really and truly all about. Right, so we are able, in, through Purim, to be able to leave the world of fantasy and enter the world of reality. Now, it's a fascinating thing that we do, because what do we do on Purim? Is that we enter what seems like a world of fantasy, and we leave reality. But what we're really doing at that point is, is that we're saying... We know what this world is. I, you know, you could dress up like whatever because what I am, what I look like right now and what I'm going to look like 48 hours from now on Purim, it's the same thing because it's all a mask and it's all a joke and none of it's real. And what's real is what's inside me. What's real is, is what's deep down inside of me. That's what's real, my neshama that's inside me. That, that, that's, that's the reality of things. The, 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 the two mitzvahs that, you know, not everybody gets involved in over here, but the two versions of what the mitzvah may be as far as what to do on Purim, both involve not being conscious of what one's doing. Sleep or shikr. One of those two. So what they both have in common is that unfortunately in this world, most people live like Haman lived. Now, Haman had an exaggerated version of it, but most of us live in a world in which, yes, the little honors that we get from some people and the slights that we get from others, you know, the honors are what makes us feel so good about ourselves and the slights are what really bother us. And we live in a world in which what's important to me, what are my accomplishments in life, what am I really focused on, what do I care if my children accomplish or don't accomplish, all of those things. What is it that makes me happy? What, when do I feel accomplished? Too often in this world, it's not the things that are real, it's the things that really are imaginary. It's, it's those things that are fleeting, it's the things that we can't take with us, it's the things that in 20, 30, 40 years from now, we're gonna look back and say, that's what I cared about? That was so stupid, that was so silly, what was I doing that for? So, in a sense, our consciousness messes us up. And if a person could only have that opportunity to get in touch with their neshama without any of the inhibitions that we are brought about, or that, that we have because we're in a world with other people and we're social beings and we want to be like other people and be accepted, etc. So if we would just lose those things, then we would be able to just focus on what's real 
and what life is supposed to be really and truly all about. Our neshamas, our relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and having that in this real world. So Purim is a day in which we, what we are doing is we're saying, yes, we're entering into a world of fantasy where we put on masks and we, you know, and, and what we're doing is we're saying the whole world is masked. The whole world is a front. The whole world is just inhibitions that are put up because of fake things that we think are important. But getting in touch with the reality of what life is all about that's what Purim is really and truly supposed to be all about. Whether or not you participate in that mitzvah or not, what Purim is supposed to be is it's a day of us focusing on what is the simcha, sason, yikar, what are those things in our lives? What is it, what makes us happy? What is it that gives us satisfaction? And if we find ourselves chasing types of demyonos, types of fantasy things like Haman, things that aren't real, things that are petty, so then we're not living a real life. We're living a Haman type of life, chas v'shalom. And that's not, Purim is there to set us straight. And it's to make us realize that life is really all about focusing on what's real, not the reality the way the rest of the world sees it, but the reality of things as they are, our neshama and its relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And we have to make sure that, and utilize our Purim to make sure that you know, um, uh, especially with, um, you know, it's, it's just uh, what, uh, 31 uh, cleaning days until Pesach or something, right? So um, with, with that looming, if a person realizes that there are things that are important, there are things that are not important, that helps, that can help a person um, achieve the kind of yishuv hadas, the kind of uh, mental and, and emotional balance that one would like to have, understanding that, you know, when a person is going and, and, and getting involved in something that is hard and that is, it seems to be, uh, you know, you know, you clean something and then somebody goes and messes it up and, you know, how good could that be? But it's, uh, we're involved in something that's real. We're doing something for HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That's what's real. The other things that we want to get to, those things may not be quite as real as, as that. And, um, uh, you know, we should be zolcha to utilize Purim to put ourselves into this proper reality. Be zolcha to orisim chasas and yikar.